Blog Talk Radio. Hello, greetings. Thank you so much for joining us today on HempAware Radio. This is your host, Tyler Hemp at HempAware.com. This is a very exciting and empowering hemp episode with designer, engineer, innovator, Kevin Hodge. He's probably a lot of other things. And uh, he's with a company called HempAdobeHomes.com. And we're going to dive deeper into the uses, benefits, and sustainable value that hemp provides as a building material and an economic and health savior for the United States and ultimately the world. Today's hemp episode is Hemp Adobe Homes, Our Ancient History and Prosperous Future. And first, I'd like to ask Kevin some questions about what he has found to support his success in the hemp industry And then we're going to get into some of the physical, structural, and environmental benefits and value that hemp has as a building material. And today we'll help make the distinction between hempcrete and hemp adobe. There is a difference, and Kevin is uh, probably the most qualified person to explain the difference to us between hempcrete and hemp adobe. You've probably heard of hempcrete. You've probably seen it online. And now you're going to hear the distinction and realize what the difference is so that we can start doing some really amazing things. So without further ado, thank you so much for being on the show today with us, Kevin. How's your hemp-aware world? Oh, it's, well, it's nice here in uh, western Washington, very very sunny after about, a, like, uh, what, last week, uh, we got 11 inches of rain in, in one town, and then, of course, in my town, uh, uh, Aberdeen had gotten nine inches of rain. We had lots of flooding, lots of crazy stuff, but looks like we're we're uh, really really quite quite nice. It's a little chilly, but things are yeah. Things are always looking. <laughs> right on. Well, some some parts of the world need lots of water, and some parts are uh, are uh, you know drenched. Is uh, oh yeah yeah. I don't think we need eleven inches. Three three normally works. <laughs> Right. Well, I'm really thankful to have you on the show. I know you've been uh, involved in some really amazing things in the past. Um, But what I want to first ask you is, you know, to tell us a little bit about your background and how your life experiences kind of led up to being introduced to hemp as a building material and, you know, how you came across it for the first time and kind of what your response was and got you inspired into this industry. Okay. All right. Well, uh, Primarily, I've got 30 years of aviation composites experience. I've worked with a lot of EAA craft, experimental aircraft, um, kit planes for the most part. I didn't really want to go into, you know, the Boeings or McDonnell Douglas or, you know, uh, any of the the commercial applications. Uh, uh, I I came from the Marine Corps and the Harrier Harrier Aviation Group, and uh, as a tactical squadron, I went from... uh, uh, one squadron, which all the squadrons at the time in the 80s, in 1982 to 86, were, uh, excuse me, from 1982 to 80, what, 84 and a half, say, were the mm-hmm. British Harrier that the, the Marine Corps had, had purchased. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, a full aluminum bird uh, with the, the vector thrust, four or four uh, engines, the Pegasus thrust models. From from the Brits and uh, McDonnell Douglas in British aerospace 
had uh, joint ventured on a on a new bird, uh, uh, a more powerful, bigger engine, and uh, a slightly larger uh, plane than than uh, than the former versions. And it was a 50/50 bird, meaning that it was uh, uh, a composite skin and an aluminum uh, endoskeleton. So hmm. my primary thing was uh, was uh, my job was was uh, uh, weapon systems and uh, intelligence of all things. So you know they were prepping me mm-hmm. for all sorts of stuff down in Langley down you know afterwards. But I I decided that I didn't really want to go do the I spy thing and James Bond and <laughs> so sure. you know that would have been another six year hitch and and all that mess. So unfortunately during that time, well fortunately and unfortunately it, it was the it was the things how how it turned out is I I broke my foot. My right foot playing all marine volleyball. I got stuck in the tool room on light duty, and uh, the British Aerospace and McDonnell Douglas reps uh, took me under their wing, handed me the manual for the for this <clears throat> this new this new plane, and I sucked that manual dry. You know, I I studied everything about it, and and uh, uh, they had composite. Uh, Kits and things like that for bird strikes and, and bullet holes and all sorts of things, and uh, so I I learned all of that information in short period of time. And once I decided mm-hmm. uh, to, to to get out of the Marines, I I uh, uh, went to went to work for a yacht company here on the coast, and uh, mm-hmm. uh, started out building a hundred hundred plus footers. Right. Well. Mm-hmm. The experience that, and the training that I had had gotten from from the Marines was far superior to any Marine application out there with fiberglass. And uh, so when I showed up, I was way ahead of all these other guys that were that were there, you know, slinging fiberglass with chopper guns and doing big wet wet layups and you know, it's real stinky stuff too. It's all polyester. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Kind of got bored with that in no time at all. Um, picked a picked a job with Kenworth uh, Packar is what it is. It's the guys that actually build the the big road trucks and logging trucks and such uh, freight liners and things of that nature. And uh, got invited to go to corporate because of my my skill set and acumen on on what I was doing and and redesigned their hood geometries so that if they were doing severe service work or you know. Uh, logging roads with a lot of mud the the mud as an abrasive would tear the hoods up and mm-hmm. uh, uh, surpassed everything but I was newly married at the time and I didn't want the rat race up in Seattle so I decided mm-hmm. that I would strike it out on my own and and uh, from time to time um, I would build uh, these uh, experimental aircraft uh, with through contracts and uh, and I ran my own boat show, my own boat company, and uh, did very well with that. I, I I built boats like airplanes, super light, super tough, and had a huge following. And was getting ready to um, take a contract with uh, Boaters World, an East Coast company at the time, branching out to the West Coast, and getting my products into their stores and such. And then, of course, life happened, and and everything how that goes, and. Uh, I decided it was time for a change, and uh, so I was living up south of, of uh, Tacoma, Washington, which uh, which you know Puyallup is what it's called, 
And uh, my girlfriend was, during the 2008 crash, had had uh, lost her house. Well, I I was done with doing composite work because of the smell of, you know, polyiso resins and things of that nature. And, uh, you know, with coming up, I think it was 25 years of experience at the time, I, I, I started formulating something different. And hempcrete was 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 coming around and I've always been you know a naturalist type of guy you know no more of a boy scout beach bum type of thing but very very into the spiritual aspects of nature and and uh, you know how to how to interact rather than supersede right mm-hmm. once I was I was there I was also heavily involved in the alternative energy world where common sense solutions to uncommon problems, you know, with power generation and, you know, saving, you know, saving the environment, you know, lessen your carbon footprint, you know, all the buzzwords, right? And then mm-hmm. USGB lead contracts, things of that nature were coming around. And, and I saw saw it with Al Gore's book as, as basically just a big marketing push to uh, mm-hmm. get this and, and other others around the world to see that, that hey, we're really killing the planet. So what can we do to to stop this? And during the time that my girlfriend's house was was uh, you know going through the <laughs> the motions and this that, I actually I I told her she just stop paying. They're gonna they're gonna hose you anyway. There's nothing you can do. The courts are wrapped up in this as well. They're just as complicit, mm-hmm. you know, as with our our government. And uh, so I came up with hemp adobe. At first, I had to study hempcrete to see what what it was and in my skill set i'm i'm really fast at 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 what i do i can see it from from start to to the end and uh in, basically in a flash of inspiration that's it's like putting yourself five ten years down the road and seeing you know what you've created from that daydream and it's just kind of a weird gift but uh uh, I studied the European's recipe of hempcrete, and I found that it, it had no structure whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to increase the structure without timber framing, and so I chose a different material, mag oxide. And because of my uh, experience in, in lightweight craft of, of you know, aviation and trucking and, and, uh, and boating, I thought, well, gee, you know, a composite panel is nothing more than foam and fiberglass, you know, fiberglass wrapped around foam. Mm-hmm. And I was I was getting ready to splash out uh, composite yurts because so, the panels were were lightweight. You know, a person could sing, uh, simply set these things up as a standalone unit for, you know, either live-in or, you know, uh, uh, something where the uh, parking by the river, resorts, uh, you know, weddings, you name it. They're rentals. They were, you know, disaster relief type type of structures. Uh, you know, because the, they were they were round and the and the wind wouldn't catch them, right? Tear them up, or they had a huge wind and snow loads that were definitely taken care of just by their their geometric shape. Absolutely. And, and with all that knowledge, I I decided that to do a composite with with. Uh, uh, after after farting around with all that the European recipe, okay, <laughs> I mean we're talking months of of playing around and going, yeah, mm-hmm. this takes too long for me. I get impatient, right? And mm-hmm. uh, the, the mag oxide uh, snapped off, uh, started to set in 15 minutes, 
and I was talking to a guy that I had had done a lot of a lot of things with Glenn Roberts down in uh, Bakersfield at the time, and he was uh, uh, he was he he's always been behind me and getting things going and and such like that, and and um, <clears throat> so I'm talking to him on the phone, and I I throw some water in this stuff. And before I'm done, and it's, it's probably about 80 degrees out, right? Sun's beating down, and uh, I look over, and and the material is hard. My first, you know, handful of cups of this of this oxide inside of this little ice cream bucket of all things, and it's hard. I'm like, and it's hot, right? <laughs> and, I'm, and, I, right. And, and I go, holy crap, Glenn, this 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 really works. This is the stuff. And so all I ended up doing was applying it in, in certain millimeters of thickness to achieve what needed to be done for the load. So the calculations were easy to do on, on a concrete-related product. And mm-hmm. then I added a honeycomb insert to the thing and made it monolithic by using detents. So here I'm making all these panels, right, these small panels, and uh, doing these tests with them and, and such like that and finding out what exactly I can do with it. Um, so once I started plugging all the numbers in and figuring out, you know, what the cost, uh, to the value of the home would be, what the efficiencies would be and how to get, how to attain those efficiencies, how can I go a little further in eliminating all of the, the construction efforts, the carpentry, the extra, uh, extra, um, labor costs, which are always about two thirds of the cost of the building. How can mm-hmm. I get rid of and by doing horizontal manufacturing and casting this material into uh, molds, I can make these panels, connect them like a SIPS panel, okay, and then simply backfill the recesses of the panel with hemp as 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 a uh, uh, an insulator. Mm-hmm. Well, that worked out pretty good, and then I, I finally found out what the specs were on the material, and uh, they started at 6,500 psi compression rate to 11,000 pounds. That's amazing. <laughs> so that means for every every square inch of material, you can have up to 11,000 pounds of pressure. Is that right? That's amazing. So <clears throat> why do you think um, or why will the hemp building market create more value, opportunity, and economic growth in the U.S. and around the world? What are some of the economy, you know, locally and globally? Well, um, from from my perspective, um, is, is that it's a time that it, it's time that it's come. The stigma is off. Okay. And and North American people need to. The Canadians are way way ahead of us. I, I deal very very explicitly with the with the Canadians. They're very good, very easy to to work with. Um, they don't have any any stigmas that that the American public have been duped into. Mm-hmm. You know the reefer. You know it's all marijuana. It's all you know. It's, it's, you damn kids. You damn dirty pot smokers and all that stuff. You know I mean it's like mm-hmm. you know hey my body my choice. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hemp by itself uh, historically you know pre pre 70 years ago had a lot of value because of its its various products that you can make from it you know if you boil the stuff okay you can make mm-hmm. beer and paper you can make lignin glue you can 
you can do uh, all, all sorts of things in, in, in just in that fashion. If if you combine it with other things, you have building materials. If you boil it down, um, once again, you got uh, what they call a CBD reaction. Okay, um, mm-hmm. most of the, the from what I understand, there is twenty five thousand products that can come from this just this one plant. And, and knowing that 25,000 products can be retroed into already existing or end-of-life-cycle products, you can do it cheaper because there's just not – you're growing one crop, okay, getting anywhere from four to six ton per acre, okay, mm-hmm. at about a grand an acre. Okay, so the farmer's going, well, I put it in, I planted my seeds, I walked away from it, wind and rain and summer and this and the other and here it comes back in September and I can get a grand per acre and I have 50 acres jeez that's 50,000 bucks and I didn't have to touch it (laughs) so there are many many economic values yeah well you have secondary processing on top of it which is is to you know promote the the products that we use in daily life that Mm -hmm. are non-toxic okay so now without TPO plastics you know putting out TPO is thermal polyolefin, which is an, which is a petroleum-based plastic. So it's synthesized from from the oil. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that particular oil goes in, pervades into, it goes everywhere. You know, it goes into fertilizers, goes into into the plastics, goes into films, goes into you name it, varnishes, coverings, things of that nature. All sorts of different things come from oil-based products. Well, that made us completely. Uh, slaves to oil, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, that's the way you know. I call them handlers or, or government types or this and the other. That's that's what they wanted, okay. But with with oil products as well come you know higher risk of health problems, okay. So the health industry is now directly affected by these oil products because now cancer is like always on the uprise. Stress mm-hmm. is always so heart attacks and all. I mean, so they built this industry around a lie. Right. And and everybody ate it up. They bought it. They you know they were just shoved into a funnel, pooped out the other side as one block unit with with one goal. Oh, we have to avoid hemp. It's the devil, you know. <laughs> right. And it's, I mean, it's not even an innocuous plant. It just does what it does. <laughs> yeah. But it, but because of its structure, and what it can achieve, you know, it's always had value. Absolutely. So so let's let's get right down to it. We just have about 10 minutes left of the show. But what one of the things I definitely wanted to answer is how is hempcrete different from hemp adobe? Okay. Uh hempcrete uses two different kinds of binders, basically concrete and lime. And those are two components that that uh, once you once you mix them together with with the cellulosic material of hemp herd, uh they create petrification. Petrifying, okay, through time um, um, and, you know, freeze-thaw cycles, hot and cold, uh, uh, sunlight, wind, everything that comes along with it, but is not structural, only because it needs timber framing uh, in, inside of it to hold, to hold the mass together which binds to the wood or mm-hmm. binds um, solely to itself and then to the wood. Where hemp adobe, as a as a mag oxide product, is structural from the get go and is lighter 
than concrete, but also carries a negative ion, okay, which means there's no human fatigue around this material. So health-wise, it actually, it, 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 now both, I want to I go into the transpiration rates or the U, okay? So hempcrete is at 0.150 U, which means it wicks, okay, like a, like a pair of socks. Well, mm-hmm. hempadobe does the same thing at 0.125 which is just a, <laughs> a little bit better uh, transpiration rates. Uh, so your, your building is not sweating as an airtight building. But wow. also, it, yeah, so it does, the same, it does the same thing, but it's structural because the way that we make it, using a honeycomb as an insert and then two mm-hmm. composite skins on the outside with basalt, okay? We use basalt as a mesh, right? Uh, basalt is a quartz-like rock. It's uh, it's woven into a carbon fiber, and we integrate that into the casting process. So we're basically mm-hmm. building an eggshell, okay, a dual-walled eggshell with a lateral support mechanism of a honeycomb insert. Amazing. And all, we, all we have to do is match the, the skins of anywhere from 15 to 25 millimeters, okay? So you got a half inch, and you got an inch and an eighth, all right? And if mm-hmm. and under compression. Okay, you can you can load that that structure at that per square inch mark at 6,500 to 11,000 pounds of compressive strength, which means we can run up about mm, seven levels without using rebar. So seven that stories is so up. amazing. Yeah, and it, it's so just that means really unlimited. Correct. As far Correct. as shape, as far as as far as size. Yeah, I've heard you talk Correct. about monolithic structures, which is like this eggshell concept where the whole building is one solid piece so that if there's a hurricane or a tornado or any type of disaster that comes through, your house is just going to sit there like a solid mass and not not basically um, not be touched, right? Well, that's to be seen. We have uh, we have uh, high wind uh, impact and debris testing to go through on this, and I'm I'm going to be very interested to see, you know, how quick you can, you know, at 150 miles an hour, and a palm tree comes flying through your, to, yeah. you know, either through your house or deflects and bounces off. I'm I'm interested in finding out those those numbers too, or Absolutely. or like during a, a tornado where you, you look over the aftermath and this swath, you know, this path going through Nebraska, and all you see is all these little toothpicks, and that's all the two-by-fours that just was yep. a, a structure at one time. I would like to, yeah. I would like, you know, fire off a two-by-four at about 150 miles an hour directly into the stuff to see what, what the impact resistance uh, is going to be. Absolutely. These are all things that are are going to be coming available and will be available uh, from the website once we we get the materials uh, in these configurations certified. It's already a Absolutely. certified material. So right, I don't right. have any issues with that. It's just that in our configuration, how we can we can uh, make it better. But there's, there's one thing I can tell you about Hemp Adobe. Uh, it has a four-hour fire rating. So especially Which is in... just in, amazing. Yeah, in your town of Weed, where half the town or a third of the town burned, the only thing you would lose is windows, not the structure. Which is absolutely a security issue. It's it's an insurance um, benefit. It's 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 definitely um, one of the main benefits of the Adobe. So we just have a few minutes left. Tell us briefly the process. 
from start to finish, meaning from conceptual design of an Adobe hemp home, all the way to, to actually moving into that house as far as the input, the investment, and the duration of time that it would take. Just real briefly, what, what is that process and how long would it take and how, about how much of an investment for someone? Okay. Well, to start off with the investment, we're, we're, we're looking at about 80 bucks a square foot for residential and 65 bucks a square foot for commercial. No windows, not a lot of doors on commercial buildings, right? Mm-hmm. And because of of how we can we can uh, make this a an R80 building for insulative qualities, what we do is we we cast the panels, we adhere them together, we let them cure, we uh, uh, have a forward team doing the infrastructure, sewer, septic, power, water, okay, on the site, getting it ready for the building to uh, come to you by truck. And then simply craned and uh, using a crane and, and erecting it in one day. And then on, so wow. so so you have so you have a forward team of five people, right? They they get it all done, get the get the site ready to rock. Building shows up on Friday. They put this thing together using the same hemp adobe, okay, the same the same mud as as a glue and monolithically. PC things together with detents or Legos, okay, like a Lego. And once this, this, this building comes together all the way in an eight-hour period of time, the family is free to move in on Saturday. That's that how, is that's, just a miracle. It's just, it's just that easy. I mean, the, the material sets in, in, in 15 minutes. I demold it in two hours. I let it cure for anywhere from three days to a week, and we ship it out. Wow. So if somebody already has their designs, their blueprints, they've got their their CAD designs for their home that they want to build, how would they be able to get going? Obviously, I know you, you, you're still working on uh, pulling the team together, the funding, and, and getting this available to the market. How can people get a hold of you? How can people start getting in line to start building their own custom hemp adobe homes? Easiest way is to go through the website, go through the uh, uh, all the all the. Well, there's not a whole lot of stuff there. It's either you know get a sample from us and you know sign up here, you know be on our on our on our list. Um, mm-hmm. Talk to me directly, and um, once the funding comes in, which should be pretty much uh, any time this week, which is even better. <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. like to say. Or anything of that that, that nature, because hope doesn't do anything. <laughs> you, either, you either make it happen or you don't. And uh, but uh, the timing is right. Um, they just need to, they just need to reach out to me, and then once we agree on on what uh, you know standard course of business and such like that, I get the prints from them. We augment the prints because. There is no timber framing, so there's no eaves and no, no nothing hanging over. Well, quite frankly, we hide the gutters, okay, uh, for rain mm. catchment that and the other, okay. Um, the, the building is augmented and softened, okay. The corners are softened uh, to a certain extent because of either seismic areas, high wind areas, like weed where you're at. You have lots of domes that are around there, and it's a wind corridor. We would soften the area up. Mm-hmm any overhangs and, and eaves um, and if we did put any kind of overhangs and eaves we would uh, we would beautify them even more make them more natural more more mm. congruent settings around you know 
so that you're not taking away from nature, you're you're staying inside of a certain footprint. Exactly. So me, awesome. Yeah, the easiest way to so get a hold of me I'm, is just go through the website and, and give me a ring. Which is hempadobehomes.com. And Kevin Hodge is a wonderful guy to talk to. He's very knowledgeable. We'll be happy to start guiding and directing you on how you can start building your own hemp home. We just have a, a minute left here, so I want to thank you so much for joining us, Kevin. I hope to have you on another episode of Hemp Aware Radio, and uh, maybe we can talk a little bit more about other other ideas of how to use hemp adobe. I know we've been talking about a, uh, a hemp theater in Weed, California, which is uh, going to be a really fun project. We're looking forward to sharing that all with you, all the listeners here. Um, but thanks again so much for joining us on today's show, Kevin. And I hope we do, hope we can have you on a future show. Yeah, and I look forward to coming down there on my way to Reno, where we're going to put the, the facility up and uh, uh, catch up with you and your guys and your people down there, so that we can we can get get weed back on the map. You know, I mean, I understand it's pretty pretty beat up down there, so <laughs> you need you need a uh, some new structures and you need some new business and and everything. So. I'm happy to help. Exactly. Really right on. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, this is Hemp Aware Radio. HempAware.com is the site. If you have a hemp company and you want to be on Hemp Aware Radio, just give us a call at 805-410-4367. If you have any questions about hemp, bulk hemp supplies, I'm happy to be of service. This is Tyler Hemp. And uh, we love and appreciate you guys. Without you, this wouldn't happen. So working together, we're going to hemp power and hemp educate your hemposphere. Have a fabulous day, and we look forward to hearing you, hearing from you. And uh, check out Hemp Aware on the podcast podcasts on iTunes Radio or iTunes Podcast. Love you. Peace.